Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, welcome everyone to the Distraction Reviews here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by the Ripper, Joseph Holbert. Joe, how are you? I'm good, jockass. <laughs> I'm good. Take a leak, Jeremy. I'm very excited, as you can tell. I'm ready. I'm armed with insults that I never knew existed that proved pivotal in this film. Um, and this is going to be a blockbuster show. It really is. We are here. It is our Tuesday show. On Tuesdays, we review movies starring wrestlers. And last week, after we reviewed Stuber, Joe made the big announcement that we have to get into No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan. Arguably one of the most important pieces of film starring wrestlers in history, I would th- I would say. Yeah, this is like the gold standard, right? If you're a podcast that is dying for content and has to review empty arena programs... The one that you kind of the ultimate is this film because there's just so much here that is funny for a range of reasons. You never have to actually concentrate or use your brain or even attempt to. Uh, this is literally perfection for people like us, right? This is the the start of wrestling cinematography, I believe. Like this was the first ever wrestling match that had a cinematic <laughs> cinematic feel to it. True, yeah, and it's what a, what a beautiful sign of evolution it is, right? To go from that to uh, what we see now, and all these <laughs> wonderful pieces of film that WWE are producing. So um, you're right; it really does provide some like timeline and perspective on where we've been and where we're going. Hulk Hogan is the main star of this film. He plays Rip, who is essentially just Hulk Hogan. Uh, the name we're we're in agreement here. The name comes because he rips his shirt, right? <laughs> Yeah, and, but they say, like, rip him up. Yeah. Not just about the shirt, though. Like, the shirt is definitely the leading factor of what he's ripping. But, like, he'll be in a match and people will be like, rip him up, man. Like, and it's just a thing that he does. So, you yeah, rip. There is no last name here, right? I wasn't no. missing that. It's just rip. Yeah, it's it's just rip. That That's yeah. his name. <laughs> and I can't, like, I can't stress enough. You're not looking for something that's not here. Like, genuinely, he is Hulk Hogan. He just wears white. And he's called Rip. Like the whole thing, the shirt ripping is one part, but he actually has like the the cuts in the back of his shirt, right? He works the same matches. The only key difference outside of the color is that I guess one difference is that wrestling is real. Big difference, to be fair. The other one is that he does not do the leg drop here, right? Double X handle is his move. He was not damaging the spine for the no holds barred motion picture. Yeah, that's one uh, Hogan said in many interviews. He wishes he did the double axe handle or the clothesline as his finisher. So he didn't put so much pressure on his his hips and spines. And imagine if he did. We could still get Hulk Hogan matches today. But the leg drop just cost us years of Hogan's career. I mean, it worked. The double X handle worked an absolute treat on uh, Jay Bullet, didn't it? You know, (laughs) in the the red hot opener, which was... And again, not only is like he basically Hogan, the setting of which he currently wrestles in at the start of the film is just the WWF. To a T... Everything is the same other than Hulk Hogan is called Rip. I love that the universe has not changed an inch outside of that one 
that one aesthetic white trunk deal and the name. That's great. His na- his last name is apparently Thomas, so it's Rip Thomas. I guess his real name is actually Rip. Wow. So that makes me think that there's some kind of like spin-off content that's been like produced. Like there's like books about this for younger folk, you know, and, and that's when they get the extra details. I don't think anyone calls him Rip Thomas, but I could be wrong. I probably am wrong, let's be honest. I do not remember the Thomas last name. Maybe it was mentioned when they were talking about his brother, and so that's how uh, we know. But, yeah, I don't remember anyone calling him Rip Thomas. It's just Rip. Okay, I think his brother is going to be... Um, <laughs> I don't know how you want to tackle his brother here. Like, I don't know if you want to go through the film, and then at the end we'll kind of do like a whole 25-minute segment. Because... His brother seems to be a character that's placed in this film by like one of ten writers who's just like, what about Randy, guys? We got anything for Randy in this scene? He will like appear, and in the end, he becomes a very important part of the film, which I thought was just an amazing element of this of this absolute classic. But yes, I think, Randy. I think we tackle this film the same way we tackle all of our podcasts and all of our film reviews, and that's sloppy and all over the place. So, okay, we can talk, let's talk about Randy. Randy yes. is, I mean, he is a central figure in this because Hulk Hogan isn't going to fight uh, Zeus until he nearly kills his brother. Yes, yeah, so we need to kind of, I guess we should lay some groundwork because Why? my main issue with Randy is what he does that gets him in a hospital bed because he makes one of the all-time decisions. Would you not agree? Like one of the all-time bad errors as to what he was going to do for entertainment on on one evening um, as he goes to the and I, I believe i have the name here jeremy please correct me if i'm wrong the critically acclaimed television hit that was known as battle of the tough guys yes they put a lot yes. of thought into this thing okay so this is my this was my main kind of conflict with this film i was watching it and so basically battle of the tough guys is a a cut is a tough guy competition devised to take ratings away from the WWF, which is on another network, by a man that is a level of evil which every villain should aspire to be. Right? That's basically <laughs> what's happening here. And this tournament's going on, and it's just bar fights, it's chaos, you know. And for some reason, Randy, knowing that the main villain of this film wants to kill his brother, just attends it as a fan wearing a rip shirt, which... He's never explained to us why he did this, I don't think, right? He was just going as like he, a rebellious act. No, it was it was a scouting report. He was going okay. to get the... Because uh, I think they mention... I don't think they say scouting report. But they do okay. mention, like, oh, let's get an up-close and personal look at, at what Zeus is all about. And so I took this as they're here to scout. They're here to get the inside dirt on Zeus to bring back to Rip. But I just felt at that time, it felt like Rip was not even considering it. Either way, it was just wonderful. And then the, the show has ended, and he just ends up having a fist fight with Zeus and falling. He just gets hammered, destroyed by Zeus. And that's obviously what sparks fun. Now, what I will say is there is an element about of this film that is way better now than it would have been then, and that is the deal where Hogan is like being framed as, oh, sorry, Rip is being framed as like this super loyal guy. <laughs> he will not leave for money. There is no way. And if you watch it through the lens of knowing where it goes, it feels like a movie made to parody Ted Turner chasing <laughs> chasing the <laughs> WWF. And I'm not sure that was the intention at all, but man, does it make this better for me. I 100% thought that the, the main villain in this was just like a Vince McMahon. Like he even, some of the things he said was very <clears throat> Vince McMahon uh, tone. Um, 
but yeah, you you mentioned it that the network they're watching wrestling. They see Rip. This this network is pulling. <laughs> I love the ratings talk in this movie <laughs> because it, nowadays, I mean, that's all we can talk about nowadays is the ratings. But you know, back then wrestling was doing these huge ratings, and Hulk Hogan was was putting all these networks under. They're trying to come up with ideas. They got game shows, reality shows, whatever. It's like, no, we gotta have Rip. That's who we need. And they're they're willing to give him this blank check to to get him on the network. And yeah, uh, Rip is is a very loyal man. He's not going to leave the WWF for any amount of money. Yeah, because like when you say they're watching wrestling, the the main villain you have to help with the name. The you know the guy who runs the other network, the World Television Network. And I know that name. I just don't know the character's name. But anyway, his name is he, Brell. Brell. Okay, so he is not just watching the show interested that's why it's winning he has sat every person he still employs down to watch rip's match <laughs> with jay bullet he is fascinated he has a poster of rip that he explains is what people want to see and at one point and this may have given some insight into vincent man's kind of view of these things at one point one of the men stands up and they say but rip's already under contract and the exact quote i have this as a note here jeremy <laughs> contracts are nothing but words is one of the great motion picture <laughs> quotes, in my view, because then, unless I'm missing something, we do like a hard cut to Rip just being at their office, like ready to negotiate. And he's like, nope, not doing it. Why are you there, Rip? What's going on here? I never understood that. But either way, contracts are nothing but words. is factual. I love it. The best part of all of this is he does go to the office to negotiate. Yes. He won't do it. He gets a blank check. No, he says no and all this stuff. He leaves. You're not going to be able to see this, Joe, because but you'll know okay. exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> he leaves the office and he throws the rip sign. You know what I'm talking about? The the yeah. little, the little hang, hang ten yeah. bra, hang loose. It does, like, he's walking out the door. He turns around and he just goes, her. And then he's like, <laughs> he does. The thing is... I, I like that you're dwelling on that moment, but he does stuff like that throughout the whole yeah. film. Like I, He's so bad in this film. I'm sorry. I mean, he's great in the sense that I find it hilarious. As a grown man watching this film, I find it hilarious. But I just couldn't believe like he's having to go so little outside of his own wrestling character, and it's just terrible throughout. Every one of his motions feels forced and just, oh, it's... It's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of moments like that where he'll just force like a wrestling pose into a real life scenario. It's great. <laughs> they kidnap him, and yes. then I guess they're trying to kill him. Like I, I don't know the purpose of this kidnapping outside of to like scare him to sign this contract. But they're also trying to like maim him in this kidnapping. Yes, I've got here driver attempts kidnapping slash possibly murder because. <laughs> Their intentions are not clear, but the driver is he clearly has some kind of plan that he's going to take Rip somewhere Rip does not intend to go. And Rip, you've got to admire him. He's locked in a car, and he's planning to get out. He's just kicking <laughs> so hard that it loses all track of where it's going and flies off the road and just hope you live, right? And that's when, of course, Jeremy, that is when the iconic fighting scene takes place as he comes out of the car. He, like, explodes out of it, doesn't he? Yeah. And he beats up 25 men, and the poor driver... Jeremy, the poor driver of this car, boy, did it end bad for him. He he soils himself, this yes. driver, and yes. Hulk Hogan or Rip grabs him, and it, as he's soiling himself, and he goes, "What's that smell?" And the driver just looks at him. He's scared, and he goes, "Dookie," and then 
That's it. He yes, <laughs> that is literally. But the thing is, is the the Dookie part is iconic. Yes, right? that's. But I actually think the real comedy lies in before the line is delivered. As Hulk Rip is like just salivating at getting his hands on this, <laughs> right? Like I'm not exaggerating here. He pulls the door up and he's like, he's just making noises. His hands are shaking in, in excitement that he's going to get his hands on this driver. And it, yeah, it doesn't. We don't see what happens after that part is discovered. Uh, Rip seems a little bit disgusted. He does ask about the smell, right? And, and that's all we get. But the rest is a mystery to us, unfortunately. There are a lot of great just, like, noises in this movie. I mean, Rip, Hulk Hogan makes most of them. But Zeus, as he's about to kill Randy, lets out, like, these uh, screams yes. that you can't help but take notice of. One of my notes is literally just, LOL, his screams. Yeah, well, I thought that was supposed to be Randy. And then I looked, and the sound was clearly coming from Zeus. Yeah. I, was, I was, because before that scene, Zeus had, like, hardly made a noise. And right. then he did, like, one promo for Rip, which I think was before this. And then in that scene, he's, like, laughing with the boys before, <laughs> before Randy comes in. He's chuckling. Next thing you know, he's screaming him, screaming and squeezing him to death. It was – Zeus was an, it was an interesting part. I'm going to jump around here, but one of my favorite Zeus things is after that attack, Rip seeks redemption by going to, like, this – I assume <laughs> this is, like, Zeus's equivalent of Big Bear. Like a training camp. Yeah, and he has it's a the PC with Zeus. He has Zeus in the in the ring, his name <laughs> and stuff. And there's like a video of um of Brill talking to him, and he's just where was this location discovered? When did when did Rip realize this was a thing that existed? There's a lot of like just quick cuts to it, which is very confusing for me. I must say, it's a undisclosed location. As you as you said, it is like just Big Bear. It's where he goes to seclude and train for the battle of the tough guys, and. Now, th this was the original performance center right here. This is where Papa Paul got the idea from. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ideas here. The UFC is basically born in this film. Was my <laughs> was my uh, was my take. I must say, one of the parts I loved about the Battle of the Tough Guys deal is like they kill in the ratings, right? They kill week one, smash hit, but people call in and they're like, "My son's disgusted with this." And in, in a a foreshadow of what would happen in the Attitude Era, Brill, who is definitely not Vince McMahon, is just like. If we're in the news, you know? Like, yes. Huh? This is when, this is exactly when I wrote down Brell is Vince McMahon is when he's talking about like, uh, any publicity is good publicity. You know, as long as we're in the news and people are talking, it doesn't matter what these people say and all this stuff. I was like, this is 100% Vince McMahon. Yeah, because one of the parts I love about it is, unless I was mistaken, in this whole timeline of the film, it wasn't like Battle of the Tough Guys went on for like three months and right. Zeus was killing everyone. Like on week two, he's like, okay, <laughs> cut the promo, just get on with this. Let's just get it over with. Like it's not, this is very much a 2020 build here, right? We're not doing mania to mania. This is like, shoot the angle, do the match, get it over with, kill them off. That's really what happens here, which is, which is something, I must say. I mean, when you attack a man's brother and put him in the hospital like that, there is no slow build to that. That you just gotta you gotta go ahead. It's that's the hottest moment it's gonna be right there. You can't wait another year. True. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's one fear. And I'm with you. It would have ended badly if they let him just keep going on the way he was going here, right? But I don't want to kind of gloss over what I think is the best scene of the whole film, and it's it's a pretty long scene. The whole deal where Brill and his pals go to the bar where like all these yeah. whites are in it. There is first thing first. I can't believe, and I didn't even think about this when we picked the film. 
the amount of Stan Hansen references I've made on this show, <laughs> and it took us watching No Holds Barred for us to actually cover something he's in. That, by the way, is amazing. First things first. Um, he is in this more than I recalled. He's in this a lot, actually, in this particular scene. There are some amazing moments here where Brill is watching two men fight in the middle of a bar, and there's nothing else going on. It's just fight. Like, there's chaos around them, but there's nothing interesting here. It's just an horrible place with fights. And Brill says, we may have stumbled onto something here. Like, he had just discovered that men had fights in bars, <laughs> and he was like, why don't we just get cameras in here? And week one of Battle of the Tough Guys... They literally just bring cameras into the bar, and that's the show, right? There's no kind of other gloss to this. It didn't seem. They go here. They go here to like find who can like challenge Hogan or Rip, right? Isn't that like yes. the purpose of this bar visit? Is like, all right, we yeah. got to find a star on the level of Rip who can challenge this man. And yeah, as you said, then they just realize, what if we just take a camera? And film these guys fight. It's like Dana White always said, Joe, if you have a soccer game going on on one corner, a basketball game going on another corner, and a fight going on another corner, where are the people going? They're going to go watch the fight. Hashtag fighting is in our DNA, bro. <laughs> uh, that was my only state. I honestly think that, unfortunately, the route Brill took leads to his demise, but I honestly think if he brands this better and doesn't focus on pro wrestling the whole time, he may have the UFC like three years early. Because... I'm looking at what he did. This is the equivalent of if, when the UFC was blowing up, Dana was like, Chuck, call out John Cena, man. Let's get him in the cage. You know, that's <laughs> what's happening here. He had a gold mine, Jeremy, and it's shown later in the big fight with Rip. They have an octagon even. He's not caged, yeah. but it is an, an octagon ring. And that just tells you, I mean, he was ahead of his time, unfortunately, this obsession with Rip, who was apparently, it seems he was like a part-time wrestler anyway, right? So why was he? what was his problem here? I feel like he missed it. We saw Rip wrestle one match. He was he was in the the Brock Lesnar role at the, but he was the champion. So I mean, yeah, he was in the Brock Lesnar role. Yeah, he wasn't drawing the houses though, was he? He wasn't working like the way, double weekends and kind. Of, he was out partying with Samantha, who we have not got to yet. So that is actually the the peak of like bad Hogan in this. Thing. <laughs> Every interaction horrible. he has with poor Samantha, it's it's so bad from when they first meet, and he's like. Looking at the other guys like, wow, what a win for me. Like, he's just so terrible in that role. Samantha is a plant by Brell. As we find out, it's a big twist uh, in the middle of the movie that she is the plant there. Uh, she's there to help us marketing. And one of my favorite things is this marketing meeting. It's like, well, what does the Rip character <clears throat> think of this? And he's like, well, the Rip character thinks this. And it made me think, is he separating the character Rip from the person Rip, which would be a, a Hulk Hogan thing uh, throughout his career. Yeah, that was was just wonderful, and it was such a flat piece of dialogue <laughs> that the brain could only wander to what you're pointing out here. Because as a standalone piece of film, when this film was made, like it is an absolute non-scene. Every scene, in fact, I need to go off here, Jeremy. I, I, I'm, I've had enough. Okay, well, I don't understand what happened in this this plot arc with Samantha. Okay, because by the end of the film. Rip's motivation is definitely Randy. Unless I'm missing something. Because it seems to me, every time he's in trouble, he looks at Randy, who looks very scared. Randy gives him like the finger smiling. wag to, to yeah, start and the then comeback. He flies up. <clears throat> exactly. So, yeah. Samantha, in the end, is not of relevance. But we have these, like, bizarre scenes where one is they're sharing a room, and that deserves a harvest scene. What about the, like, food <laughs> fight scene that just, just occurs? Just And that's, like, what wins her over. She's like, oh, he was good when he protected them from them robbers. The the food fight scene was amazing because they're sitting down and eating and then a robber comes in and I wrote down, so if it's a movie 
with wrestling like that's centered around wrestling, which this is to an extent. And we have the main event as well. See, this was a callback. Maybe, maybe Joseph, the main event with that scene was a callback to No Holds Barred. And only the smart fans would get it. And now we have uh, clued everybody in. But what I wrote down is essentially wrestlers can prevent robberies. Because the the kid in the main event prevents the robbery. Hulk Hogan is here preventing the robbery. What do they have in common? They're wrestlers. So if you're a wrestler, at a, John Jones did this same thing. That's why everybody loves John Jones. If you're a wrestler <laughs> sitting down having a meal and a, a robber comes in, don't worry about it. You're good. Just prevent it. You'll be a hero. Okay, so now that you've gone there with the main event, I have um, two questions. Well, a handful of questions, actually, involving the main event and its links to this movie. Okay, so first things first, what would you say was a more credible fighting tournament? The NXT, uh, a seemingly local bracket that took place with a main event steel cage final, or the Battle of the Tough Guys? That is my first question. I think the Battle of the Tough Guys was more legitimate because we know that was a that was a shoot. Like that yes. wasn't yeah, the the main event that was supposed to be like a wrestling match, but then it like turned into kind of like shoot fighting almost. So I, I think I think the Battle of the Tough Guys was more legit. Okay, I like that answer. I I agree. It was definitely framed that there is like wrestling was still wrestling in, my, in the main event. It's just for some reason this poor child had to have real fights. Whereas in this, from scene one, professional wrestling is basically shoot fighting. Yes. Correct? Like that is that's what it is. Okay. Um, but my real question, and this is where I was really kind of pondering this for much of the day, I must say, how would you know with, with the Rocky films, for example, people often kind of pontificate, right? Well, how would have Apollo fared against? Um, I don't know, the guy Antonio Tava played. How would Clubber Lang have dealt with Apollo Creed? Whatever. How would Smooth Operator or Stinkface dealt with Zeus? That is my question. Zeus would have murdered both of them. He wow. would have Yeah, he would have murdered... But Zeus was an animal, all right? Look, look. Stinkface and Smooth Operator lost to a kid. I understand this kid had, like, superpowers, but Zeus was a killer. He would have killed Rip... If he didn't get the finger wag from his brother, and that's when he, you know, started to come back. But I mean, Rip is on a completely different level from all of these people. I thought you were going, did was Stinkface uh, based on the Dookie character? And I don't have a clear answer to that. I, I, that did not even cross my mind, <laughs> but I love it. I'm glad, by the way, you used the phrase "Zeus is a killer," and I have to commend very Joe Rogan. <laughs> the tremendous news writers of the time as they covered the Battle of the Tough Guys. And one of the headlines was Thriller or Killer, which initially seems like just, you know, generic Rogan hyperbole. There you go, hyperbole, good word of the day. And instead, it is revealed by Rip's trainer Yes, that he used to train Zeus until he did actually kill a man. That's right. I'm correct in saying I did not imagine this, correct? No, this is what happens. And then the trainer... In the big fight scene, you know, tries to prevent uh, Rip from or Zeus from killing Rip, and then Zeus just like boots him. It's like get out of here, old man. He flings like the referee too. Is is this one of my favorite parts of the whole film? By the way, because that to me was very like Rocky in itself. I love the training montage, like fifteen seconds they did, where they were like training montages are popular. 
So let's get Zeus working out. And on the other side, they showed us Rip like helping Randy learn how to walk again and stuff. <laughs> and I had no idea if they were going for some kind of symbolism there. I assume they were. But it was over before you knew it, right? Like it was Zeus was was pumping away and whatever, and then Rip was kind of carrying poor Randy along. It was like anyway to the ring. It was yeah. amazing. Th- this was not Eye of the Tiger by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, some of the production touches on Battle of the Tough Guy, by the way. Week two had like an extraordinary. I believe they called it an industrial arena. Was yeah. what they named it. It was extraordinary. It looked incredibly dangerous, but my god, visually, it was it was something. It looked like uh, you know the the raw intros from the mid nineties where they yeah. start going into the warehouse. Like that's what it looked like, and you got like Austin and Brett and Sid like battling in that warehouse. Like that's what it looked like. You know, I'm looking back now, and I'm, I'm thinking about what we've discussed already, and I don't think we dwelled on the, uh, the food fight enough, because you were right to go to main event, but I'm just, we didn't even discuss, like, the dialogue that took place before the food fight. Like, there was some extraordinary moments of just Rip interacting with people that were serving him food. Am I correct <laughs> in saying this? Because in the other restaurant they went to, the fancy restaurant where it was assumed that Rip, <laughs> the dumb wrestler, wouldn't know. He just won an hamburger, right? He didn't know what he was getting. No, Rip was a cultured man, Jeremy, right? And then to sh- they was concerned. They said, okay, we've shown he's cultured, but will that lose the common man? Will that lose the everyman? No, because then they show him in his like, favorite restaurant that he hasn't been in years, and he's like flirting with the – it was amazing. And then, as you've already said, he saves them from robbery. Great stuff. We've covered that. But we should not forget the, the line of dialogue. I believe she says to him, the waitress, you haven't lost your touch, which suggested to me that, like – this is just a thing that happened regularly when, when Rick was there. He would just fling pies at, at criminals. That's what I assume anyway. The the first restaurant scene you're talking about, the fancy restaurant scene, yeah. I was completely lost on this scene. I thought it was the most unnecessary scene I've ever seen in cinema history. I'm just like, what what is happening here? Why is this necessary? But you're right. It all comes back of, all right, you know, he is smarter. Wrestlers are smart. That's that's what they tell us. You know, Rip knows what's going on. But then, yeah, we got to bring him back down. He's the everyman. He can prevent the bank. So those scenes work together more than I initially realized until you just brought it up. It's We've discussed enough about how bad Hogan is in this film. We're going to do it more. <laughs> but we also can't disregard his just general appearance. Some of the things he opts to wear in this film or rip, the rip character wears some extraordinary clothing, right? I mean, his full white attire for the dinner night was amazing, by the way. I loved it. He also wears these kind of like leather, like I wouldn't call them body suits, but there's certainly some kind of, there's like ring attire that isn't for the ring. Yeah. Do you know, and they've got different colors too, which I maybe I was just, you know, Maybe it's lost to me. Maybe I'm not cool enough to rip him up like Rip. But I was left just stunned at what this man was wearing. I would just imagine, like, these are all things Hulk Hogan had in his wardrobe in the 80s. And that that's what he came to set wearing. And they're just like, cool, looks good, sounds good. Let's just do it. Like, he's playing himself anyway, so we'll just let him wear whatever he wants. Okay, so I referenced it earlier. And I'm, I'm going to get to I really would like, because you're, you're the more proficient note taker. I just wrote down some funny lines that made me grin. Um, we agreed that the worst scene of the whole film is them two sharing a room. Him and yes. Samantha. Okay, good. I'm glad we're okay. getting to this because when we were talking about Samantha, I didn't know if we were going to get back to it. 
yeah, them sharing the room. And what's weird is you think initially, like, Samantha is ready to go wherever with Rip. I mean, who can resist the charm of the Ripper? Uh, but then we get to the room and she's like, no, like, uh, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not here for that. This is business only, essentially. Then, of yeah. course, they got the single bed, uh, which is, you know, uh, just un- appalling, appalling that they have to share a bed. So, so Rip puts a sheet in between, like hangs this curtain in between. I don't know where he got all this material and stuff from, but he just hangs his curtain so they don't have to share a bed. They go to sleep or whatever. And then the push-up scene, Joe. Oh, good God. The the push-up scene is... I, I don't know how to describe it other than we're supposed to have the impression that Rip is either masturbating or he's brought back, uh, I'll, I'll use the term ring rat, uh, to, to the hotel room. Yes, I've shocked Joe with that one. He's brought, he's brought back a, a ring rat to the hotel room and, it, you know, they're, they're getting it on. So yes. Samantha is very curious as to, you know, what is happening here. Cause she can't sleep. This is first off very inconsiderate of, of the Ripper. Um, <laughs> so she can't sleep. So she peeks behind the, the curtain there and he is doing push-ups, and Rip is just like, don't let me keep you up, or something. And it's like, how can you not? Like, you're shaking the whole bed, dude. It's it's a god-awful scene, it, but it's amazing. It's so extraordinary in so many ways, <laughs> and it's also, it manages to be tone-deaf in the way that, like, it was clearly intended to be that by the end of the scene, you're like, Oh man, Samantha's real miserable. I'm like, why don't she just want to have fun with Rip? He's the coolest guy in the world. And like, she really doesn't even say anything. And the close of the scene is like one of the two times in the whole film that Hulk is trusted with some kind of line of importance. And he's like, he says something like, you know, that you could you build bigger walls than I ever could, or like, like something like she's been really cold and yeah, mean. Yeah. And it comes, it's so flat, like. You just listen, you know, what? that was a bit of an overreaction. No need to go sleep outside. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, he was going to uh, sleep in the lobby because they have a more comfortable couch in the lobby than, you know, yes. this half bed that they had. <laughs> that you build bigger walls than I ever could. Yeah, it is something like that. What an amazing line that Yeah, was. and he says he's like, he goes, the couch the couch outside has more of a sense of humor than you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you're cool. Like, wow, wow, that was just... I, it, I think we were supposed to be like, yeah, that's right. Tell her, tell her to lighten up a little, rip. But instead, I was just like, man, this guy's a lunatic. What's wrong with him? But yeah, that was. I don't think that was the intention. <laughs> he actually looks like those lines look fine in comparison because there's there's some woman abuse in this film. Yes, show. Uh, there is, S- yeah. Samantha gets knocked around by Brell. She gets kidnapped. It says on Wikipedia that they were going to rape her. I don't know if that's a thing, but they definitely kidnapped her and yes. we're, we're going, they kidnapped her multiple times actually. Rip one time just has to save her. He's just cruising down on his motorcycle and uh, amazing timing that he just happens to be where she's kidnapped uh, and he runs them off and, and checks on her and everything. Uh, we have Zeus picking up the woman in the bar and just tossing her into a barrel. So um, oh yeah, none of this would fly in 2020. Hang on, I need to cut you off. So you said he run them off on his bike, which in in no holds barred speak means he drew, he pulled his bike directly into the asshole of the man that was have been chasing Samantha, and then and then like carried him in that position until he saw a tree 
at which point he braked so that he went flying into the tree. That is what happened. I'm telling the truth here. Please, please attest to what I'm saying. That is true. That yeah. is how he, he ran them off. I was not going to go in great detail, but I'm glad you did for the, for the audience listening. Because I want to stress that, like, visually, I did not go in any great detail in the film and, like, forced me to. Yeah, right? like, They true. really stress how Rip is approaching this, what Rip's intentions are. He also misses cars by inches in doing this. He His only focus is, I'm going to fling this man into a tree. And, like, meanwhile, Samantha is just over there. She's she's just been, like, knocked over by a man again, right, after, after Brill beat her. This is all insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a, a more positive note, okay? Best scene of the film, by far. Now, I've seen this film more times than I would like to admit. But there is one scene in this film that always makes me laugh, and I don't even know why, because it isn't good. The scene where Rip is at some kind of, like, kids' event, yeah. being, like a, being like a top baby face and, like, you know, glad-handed and being a gentleman, and then a plane, a helicopter, I should say. Helicopter. Yes, a helicopter comes down with Zeus, Brill, and Brill's pals, and there is what appears to be a 15-minute shot of Zeus and Brill walking towards Rip in slow motion <laughs> as he gets up his head. And then we get to like a stare down where Rip is just full Hulk Hogan. Like he's shaking to sell the heels presents and stuff. <laughs> Zeus is like challenging to, he appears he's challenging to a fight then, right? Like in front of the kids, he just wants to fight him. Right. Um, Cause Zeus doesn't care about kids clearly. So that to me, that scene is all, and then it goes, it goes to Rip's trainer explaining to him, like, you did the right thing, man. Like, you didn't, you didn't let yourself down. Don't tell yourself that. And it's just, it's just wonderful filmmaking, I must say. That scene, the kids are even like, come on, like, fight them and stuff. Like, the kids are ready, <laughs> you know, they're ready for this fight. And, and Rip just stands there. He's like, I'm not going to do it, brother. And he's a coward, essentially. And then I thought yes. I thought Zeus was going to rip the door of the helicopter off when he opened it. I really thought he was just going to tear the whole thing off because he opens it with such force that I fully expect the helicopter door to just fly off. I just I love that like as a concept, what is going on here is nothing. Like, obviously, you'd expect it's a very simple story here, right? And like Zeus is the murderous monster, lunatic, crazy man. But I can't stress enough that Brill is not like just some arrogant rich guy who no. wants to win the ratings. What he is an actual insane person in this <laughs> film, correct? He is I mean he's the one that again he slaps around Samantha, he get he kidnaps kidnaps Rip to murder him or force him to sign this contract. He kidnaps Samantha uh, he he kidnaps her twice actually because we'll, we'll get to the the final kind of um, yes. scene here, the final battle. Um, what what else does he he do? He he gives like the okay for Zeus to kill Randy. I'm fairly certain like Zeus just would have killed Randy if. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We just didn't cut for for no reason. Like it was just we got to cut there. Like I just I thought Randy was dead. Fortunately, he was just in the hospital. Uh, I really thought he was dead. Um, yeah, Brell is a terrible, terrible human. Like he's the biggest villain. And and you're right. Is like all villains should just like aspire to be this kind of level of villainy because it's not just yeah evil kind of billionaire guy who wants to take out rip and uh, you know boost his network or what whatever this is literally like do everything at all costs to like destroy everyone and anyone who wrongs him or is in his way i love the one of my favorite parts of his character is the scene we mentioned where they're all watching rip right like, i wanted to ask you what suggestions do you think he would have accepted other than Let's kidnap Rip when he asks for how they're going to win. Because the poor woman, and I didn't get her name, bless her. She, he says, you know, have you got? You're one of the few people I didn't fire. Have you got any ideas? And she says something like a sitcom, and yeah. he's just insulted at the suggestion of a sitcom. He's, in fact, he looked disgusted. He told her to take a leak, right? Take a leak, he said to the sitcom. He was out on sitcoms. I want to know what suggestion he would have accepted at this point. I think he would have accepted just by the WWF. Um, but I mean, maybe that's just too simple, but maybe he could have just bought the entire WWF, um, by like, by whatever network the WWF was on. That, that could have yes. worked as well. Yeah. Cause he says at one point when they explain that Rip is under contract, he, the guy does say to another network, right? So like, even though it's WWF, it seems that in this world, Things are slightly different. Maybe the WWF is an actual channel. <laughs> it's its own I mean, conglomerate altogether. Yeah, it is. So I mean, um, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, he can, he can buy the WWF network. Um. <laughs> they ain't winning no rating wars. The WWF <laughs> network. I tell you, listen, they, they do many things, and they've helped me a lot in this trying time. They are not having any TV executives sitting there scratching their heads with rip poster. I can guarantee you, it's not happening. <laughs> How dare you? They were on the verge of being sold to ESPN or whatever until the, yep. the pandemic hit. So Disney, were... ESPN, Amazon, they were all going to buy it together, wasn't yeah. they? Dude, that's what my scoop told me. <laughs> um, I think those are maybe the only two. It's just buy the WWF, uh, buy slash buy the network, uh, buy Hulk Hogan, a rip, and then murder rip. <laughs> yes. That's the order. I do wonder if there was like a long-term kidnap plan though. Like they had a place for him where they, they would just put him and be like, tell us when you're ready to wrestle, man, because you're going to be here for the rest of your life. If not, like, I wonder if there was, or it was going to just be immediate murder. I that think much was, is unclear. That is. I think it was like that warehouse that they took him to is, you know, had he cooperated and not, you mentioned it, like when he gets kidnapped and you realize what's going on, his, his uh, response is to like bang on the glass uh, with his arm, the, the shield between yeah. him and the limo driver and then kick like the door. And he does all this with such force that the limo swerves all over the road. Uh, but I think they were going to take him to the warehouse and had he cooperated, just been like, all right, you're going to be here for a while, but he didn't cooperate. And so then they were like, got to go to murder, like plan B murder. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I'm assuming he didn't always know that he could burst out the top of the, the limo. <laughs> right? I'm assuming he didn't know. Because if he did, he's an absolute idiot. But it just feels, if I was the toughest fighting man in the world, my name was Rip. I feel like if I was kidnapped in a car, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to sit in this car, wait until I am out of the car and just beat up every man that is around me, which is what he does. But in the meantime, he that decision he makes. Now, I've never been kidnapped in a car, Jeremy, I must say, but I feel like making the car swerve violently off the road and crash is not the way to escape said car. I may be wrong. Look, I may be wrong, but Rip, he makes it out regardless. But that just seems like a questionable part of his tactics. Maybe he didn't realize that he was doing this with such force. Maybe he thought that the driver was swerving on his own and trying to wreck things. And actually, by him kicking and punching, he was keeping the car on the road. True. I mean, look, you're probably right. But even still, there is a there is a kind of extended element to what he does here where it's like there was definitely time for him to adjust his plan a little bit. But he just keeps kicking it. And he starts kicking things that don't even have any impact on him. But there's like a little side part of, of the, the back of the limo. And he just kicks it for no reason. It shatters into a million pieces. By the way, we spoke about the awful uh, bedroom deal and all that terrible, terrible stuff. What was the where were they? What was the point of where they went? I didn't understand that. Where were they in the hotel? Like, like what do you what mean? What was that trip that they went on? Was that just like a? I didn't understand why they went on a plane and left to go somewhere. That was just a business meeting. But what was the business they were taking care of? We to, never saw any business to get uh, <laughs> to 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 lay the groundwork for the Rip character and like re to to get his brand out there and come up with new brand ideas for for Rip. But they didn't... So, okay, look, here's the deal. We see that he says the couch has more sense of humor than her. Yes. We see that. Then we cut directly to the reveal that she was being put up to this by Brill, who then punches her. Right. Then we cut to her apologizing to Rip because she now thinks Rip is a nicer guy because she's realized that Brill was a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. So I just sense that between that bedroom meeting... And the apology, there was no other interactions. So I don't know when the business took place. Is my, I guess this was my question. <laughs> Honestly, in this film, you know, it's certainly not a problem. But there was a lot of times, and I don't want to kind of... Um, the poor man that edited this film, look, condolences. Man. It was, <laughs> I'm sure it was a tough gig. I don't, I don't want to put things in your direction. But there were multiple times in this film, you must say, where there was like a hard cut to just something completely different. It was like, whoa, okay, what was, what's going on now? And it would then eventually lead to the same thing, which was Rip making a funny noise. So you just kind of let it go in the end, right? I, I think the, the bedroom scene, I don't think there was any business meeting between that. I think, like, that was supposed to be, because they mention, you know, um, Samantha's like, you booked this one bedroom thing, and Brell is like, you're supposed to be there to get him to come over to our side, not to, you know, fall in love with him or whatever, or sleep yes. with him. So I think that was the plan is she's supposed to present these ideas on behalf of Brell of like, this is why you should join Brell's network. And instead she just can't, can't resist the Ripper. And I guess Rip would go because he was saying French over anyway. He was just like, sure, I'll go on an absolutely unnecessary business trip <laughs> where we board a plane for no reason. Anyway, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this journey. I mean, it's great holding off, and I'm loving discussing <laughs> all of the wonderful little intricacies and moments in this, but the end duel, the battle to the death, the actual death that airs on national television 
in a ring octagon all-time moment in cinema history this fight, right? We get the big Zeus vs. Rip showdown. Before we even get to that, though, we have this convoluted stuff of we got to kidnap Samantha because, of course, Randy is out of the hospital, thankfully. He's in a wheelchair and everything, but he, he is out of the hospital. I I don't know how long his hospital stay was. I don't feel like he should have been let out that quickly, especially to go to a, a triggering scene like his brother against Zeus. Probably not good for him, but 1989, things are a little bit different. We didn't know as much about mental health as we do now. Randy is, um, there's so much to talk about with Randy. We could do a whole <laughs> series just about the Randy. So when they get to this fight, he's with Samantha, a friend, and someone else. Another woman, else. But there's yeah. Another woman, right? There's four, there's four of them, right? Yeah. And like, they come out of an elevator and they kidnap Samantha and just leave Randy. Which never made any sense to me. But there is a great one shot of Randy's face where he just looks <laughs> in the ultimate despair. Um, he lo- he looks and he's like, Samantha! Like yeah, and then during the fight, it will cut to Randy. Like, and when I say on his face, like his whole head is the, just the whole shot, yeah. correct? And like, if Randy has just thrown one, if Rip has just thrown one punch in the ring, Randy will be like chuckling and like in excitement, like, he's getting him, yeah! And then there is other times where it looks like he's about to burst into tears. The level of emotion this man experiences during his brother's battle with Zeus is extraordinary. But as you say, the fact that he was even there and they just let him sit there was amazing, I thought, while poor Samantha got kidnapped again. I like the scene where Brel calls to Hogan. They've kidnapped Samantha, and he calls to Hogan, and he's just like, make it look good for 10 minutes, and then you die. And it's like, all right, so is this scripted? Or is he just supposed to take, like, is, does he think Hogan is actually going to, to win this match? And that's why I said, okay, make it look good and then take the fall. Like, why wouldn't he go to Zeus and call him and be like, hey, kill him for 10 minutes. Don't actually kill him, you know, stretch it out for 10 minutes. And then at the 10 minute mark, you can kill him. I did not understand this phone call to the Ripper. Well, here is where the podcast begins. Because this is one of the most bizarre, it's not even a twist, it's just like a a choice of direction that makes no sense. Yes, initially, Brill wants Rip on his network. The idea, from where I was sitting anyway, though, was that, like, he wanted to do Zeus first Rip because he thought Zeus would kill Rip. Because Zeus had killed everyone. Yeah. He killed everyone. He was an animal. He's a monster. No one had ever hit him. And like, instead, as you say, it it pivots into this like, take a dive deal, right? Like, and he's <laughs> like, go down in the fourth round, kid. Like, it's, and then you're left with all these questions, and I'll I'll share some of them. I have the same one you have. Like, so does Brill think that Zeus is going to lose this fight if it's a real fight? Have all of Zeus's fights been worked, and he has just been professional wrestler since that? Because to be fair, his entrance is about as pro wrestling as it gets. Correct? Yes. Like a, a door, like slams. It's it's amazing. Um, and then my other question is: in the fight, when he's working uh, poor Rip over and try to kill him, like is Rip doing the work thing there of the ten minutes, and then he finds out that Samantha's fine or whatever, and then he just starts fighting, or is he actually trying to fight? without any regard for poor kidnapped Samantha. There are so many questions left by this one choice that is not needed at all. 
Yeah, Samantha fortunately breaks out right around the 10-minute mark. So great timing uh, by her to get out right then because Rip was definitely about to take the dive there. Um, but it is – so I, I do think Samantha plays more of a role when he sees her than, than you initially mentioned earlier because once he sees that she is safe and she is out, he's like, all right, I can kind of fire back. And he gets the, the finger wag from his brother. I don't think it happens though. Like – I'm with you. What you just said makes perfect sense. Like, that is what I think was supposed to happen. But unless I missed it, there is maybe, like, a two-second shot of him looking at Samantha and about 25 minutes of him staring at Randy and being like, okay, here we go. Like, am I, am I wrong here? It felt like she had very much become just a background fault to him. He was just trying not to die and trying to make Randy happy. <laughs> I mean, that that is true. The focus of the movie is certainly on Randy there. Um yes. But I think we're supposed to gather that because Samantha was free, Rip was was able to to fire back up here. Um, I think Zeus is a poor killer because he should have just killed this man. Like, you beat him down this much and then he fired back up on you. No gas tank on Zeus. And Yes. This he is... tries to kill him with a ring post. Right? <laughs> like he, tries to like, he like drops it through the center of the ring or tries to do it on Rip's head, which is amazing. He stomps on his head chokes him does does all of those things i do think that it should have been you know the phone call should have been to zeus i'm very hung up on this phone call by the way this threw I'm off the entire movie for me of why are you calling down to tell him this like the phone call should have been to zeus she's like all right make it look good for 10 minutes and then you can kill him and then so when he actually starts the killing process, that's when Rip realizes I'm in real danger here. This is no longer just a uh, a worked shoot. He's working himself into a shoot, uh, Jabroni Marks. And then he starts firing up and he comes back and he kills Zeus with the, the double axe handle. There was, yeah, there was definitely enough going on. When you've built a whole fighting league in a movie <laughs> and like 60 minutes later you're at the climax of said league, you definitely don't need to add in the element of like, okay, so what is he actually trying to achieve here? Is he aware that Zeus is like not capable of beating Rip? Is Zeus capable of beating Rip? Is Zeus not a real fighter? Is Rip a real fighter? Why are we kidnapping people as television executives in order to secure the correct time for your main... Like Dana White, look, for all of his flaws, Dana never kidnapped anyone when he needed Dos Santos and Kane to go long on Fox. Right, that <laughs> thing ended in a minute and he was like, look, Win some, you lose some, right? There was no. I wish, I wish it was win some, you lose some. He completely buried Velasquez for. <laughs> that's one of my. He's a lot more light bro than you'd think. Right? He really is. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Dana things. Is he's so salty sitting up there after that fight, and he's just like, Kane didn't stick to the game plan. It was the Chuck thing when Chuck got beaten. Pride just didn't stick to the game plan. Went out there, got knocked out in sixty four seconds. He wanted that fight to go long so bad, and it went sixty four seconds, and he couldn't help but like indirectly Barry Kane. I've got to say, man, like, now that you've said this, I don't want to go off through here, but if you're like an MMA fan that hasn't watched him for a ton of time, you have to find Dana doing commentary yes. on Chuck and Rampage. Yeah. I have never heard a man go from, like, faith and optimism to pure disgust and, like, <laughs> just resentment towards one of his heroes, as he does with Chuck to do in this fight. Like, it starts off and he's like, he's doing okay... And then things start to fall apart. And you, all you hear him saying, you hear Bass and Stephen Quadros, they're shouting. And you just hear poor Dana, poor little Dana with his, his few hairs left. And he's just going, we wanted more leg kicks. We wanted more leg kicks. He's pleading with Chuck for more leg kicks. But anyway, 
Um, yes, by the way, one of the best things about bad films is like they will do because the dialogue is so bad. There will be moments where something really pivotal is supposed to be said, but it just totally misses with the audience because it's terribly written and terribly acted, right? And it happens a lot in this film. I have to say, Rip is not the only uh, culprit of this. The, one of the main ones is the one I mentioned about, like, you build bigger walls than I ever could. Like, that just misses totally. But there is a wonderful one. I mentioned all the shots of poor Randy, and Zeus is just murdering Rip. And Randy, we cut to Randy, and the sound, the kind of the dramatic music lowers, and it's like, oh, God, what's Randy going to say? And Randy just musters on. I have this wrote down. He just says, come on, Rip, try. And, like... <laughs> I can't believe, I understand the idea is that I guess Randy saw that um, a fix was on or something, but I cannot believe that, that is the best he could muster up. Try. Uh, sure, Randy. Thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, I couldn't give him, like, do it for the kids or something. Do it for yes. me. Just a try. He just. I mean, in fairness, he just wanted the man to try, and that's all Rip needs. Like, all right, I'm going to try now. Rip was, he was throwing this thing. He wasn't trying, getting killed, and all he needed was Randy to give him the okay to try. Yeah, so it's clear from the start, right, that uh, Rip loves Randy more than Samantha, and that's fine. I have no issue with that. It's also clear that Rip is definitely going to murder Zeus. <laughs> However, I will never watch this film in my life when I watch this film, and I'll watch it at least another 12 times because it's just it's a tremendous extravaganza. I love it, okay? But I will never watch it and not just... When when Brill like, sets his own death trap up yeah. and electrocutes himself with the final... He's, he lets out one final jockass, right? He lets one final... And then he just kills himself. He doesn't intend to, I assume. But as the fight is is uh, unfolding, he just starts pulling, like, cables and stuff out of the wall for no reason. He sets his own death trap. It's amazing. Me. I mean, the reason is he doesn't want it on air now that Zeus is losing because he's trying to protect the, the, yes. the rematch, I guess. Yes, but like he pulls, he does one thing, and the TV screen says like network is like it's clear the thing is off. Yeah, and he and just keeps, keeps just pulling yeah. and pulling more, and he's got audio. He's doing everything he can. It's just, it's just amazing. It's never not funny to me that he also dies. Like and it's a triumphant <laughs> moment. Like Rip returns to the ring, he, he does his pose, he rips him up, he looks at Samantha once and looks at Randy twelve times. And meanwhile, like, two men have just died due to the battle. A television network head has just died because of the battle of the tough guys. Rip gets the final scene. He does the Shaka Bra uh, thing. And the song plays, Joseph. The yes. No Holds Barred theme song. Do you know the lyrics to this? I, I'm not honest to God. I wish I did, but when this film ended, like I did not stick around to take that back in. I oh. didn't. I was just like done. Oh my god! I I listened to this because it, oh. it's straight out of like Real American or you know uh, Hogan's themes. Like that's the complete cadence and everything. You only learn where you are inside when life gives you the test. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best. When your back's to the wall, what will your answer be? Will you run for the door? Will you run out on me? Like it's hard. It's no holds barred. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. 
This is a look. I know in a minute we're gonna have to do the rating gimmick. Are you with me that this is impossible to rate fairly? <laughs> yes. Because it is so much fun to watch. It's a terrible film. It's so bad, awful. But my god, I just find it a great watch every single time. The the lyrics to this, I do the whole song, but I don't want to take up more time. But my, everyone listen to the No Holds Barred song. If we could legally get away with using it on this podcast, I would put it on here. But I'm sure we'd get like copyright flagged, and the WWF would 100% come after us. I mean, they watch our show every week and steal every idea we have. <laughs> they really right? do. I mean, TEW series, they're getting ideas from us that we haven't even aired. I don't even know how they're getting in on these conversations. They're way ahead of us at every turn. So it's tough. By the way, I do want to present one final idea. I want to present it to you. A No Holds Barred remake in 2020. Now, granted, 2020, not the ideal time to be doing a film that will not be successful in any way. But just forgetting all of that, how would we recast just the the main two roles is what I want. I don't want any more than that. Who is Rip and who is Zeus? Those are my questions. Very oh, simple. I thought you were going to say who is Brell. I just think Vince McMahon <laughs> plays Brell. No. Um, uh, Zeus would have to be... Are we going like an actual wrestler or are we going yes. like an actor? Okay. Because Zeus wasn't really a wrestler. Like, this no, is when... but it's, like, if you, there's some hilarious faults if you just imagine one of the current pro wrestlers as Zeus. Because right. in fairness, they tried to make Zeus a wrestler after. Yes. And after that effort i would suggest they just cast the rest of this time <laughs> <laughs> um all right i have i have who rip is already um so i'm trying to think of who zeus would be i mean i personally when i was thinking zeus like and this this ties into braille too like surely you've got to consider lesnar as zeus and uh Heyman as braille okay but it has to be considered right I, I'm 100 for sure that uh, for that. Who do you have as Rip? I ha- I, I hate to say this because I, I feel for him enough, but I did have Roman Reigns as my front runner oh. because the rip up thing felt too perfect <laughs> for me. I'm sorry, it just felt absolutely on brand. All right, I, I did not go Roman Reigns as Rip. I had the the ultimate look before there was Rip, there was Triple H, and that's who is the new rip. It's got to be Triple H. See, I feel like Triple H would be better as Zeus, which is the best <laughs> fault ever. But imagine this film, shot, exactly shot for shot is the same, just with Triple H as Zeus, and it is <laughs> even better of a film. Like, I'm with you, and that's definitely what, the scene with the motorbike, and the details I mentioned earlier with Triple H, oh my goodness. Yes. I, wow. I think Triple H is the perfect, I actually, I was going to re remake it uh, with women's leads, and go with like uh, Nia Jax as Zeus and Charlotte Flair as Rip. Okay. okay. I'm going to go back to your Triple H one before I tackle that. If Triple H is Rip, can Shawn Michaels be Randy, please? <laughs> I would like that. I would like, I would like for Shawn Michaels to be Randy and I'd like for him to be just as bad in that film as Randy is in this one. You couldn't see me, but I was trying to drink when you said John Michaels, and I nearly had a spit take because I did not expect you to say Sean Michaels as Randy. But that is amazing. Symbolism. Like, yes. Imagine if in 2020 the film is just starring 50 year old wrestlers. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is what's happening to wrestling, man. It is what it is. It's just capturing the real world. <laughs> I'm for yes. All right. 
<laughs> I think we've recasted uh, No Holds Barred 2. I, I think let's print it. Uh, they said the, the budget for the first one was $8 million. I think we can come up with $8 million and do this. I mean, that I'm going to be honest with you. I'm for that. But if we do come up with $8 million, I definitely think we should reconsider what we do with that $8 million before we definitely commit <laughs> to this. Like, I mean, I know the podcast is getting there and people seem to like it, but... I'm I'm way off. Eight million. We should start thinking about what we're doing here, Jeremy. We should redirect our focus altogether. I feel, but I'm with you. It would be up there in priorities, definitely. I mean, but then here's the question: Does Triple H avoid the awkward situation? Like, does he just cast Stephanie as Samantha, or do we end up with a younger female that creates? friction that triple h does not need in his life at this time that's my question i i think we can go with someone else uh, stephanie understands that it's the movie business so yeah you know they they've got their real life we don't need to bring that into the film we're already oh, doing okay. the Shawn michaels thing so we don't need to go imagine too they, inside here imagine they chose one of the one of the younger wrestlers and like the stand twitter would just be having arguments about which was the best candidate to fill the role <laughs> of samantha like they stop arguing about who'd be the best raw woman's champ and they're just like I mean, in fairness, Samantha was dark-haired. <laughs> they started, they started running down the list of candidates, but Triple H is Rip. Um, and here's, so here's the deal. So would he be like Rip, or would it be a, a Rip situation where he is just Triple H with the name Rip? That's my one question, I guess. No, I think – I don't know if you even have to use the name like Rip. I I think we could just come up with – I disagree with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's Pip. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. You can tear. We could do tear. Tear him up instead of rip him up. Um, <laughs> what if like, he came? He's just he's he has the water entrance. The whole deal. He just has white jacket and trunks and like, <laughs> like rip. And I guess the commentators for that would be we could bring Renee and Corey back from the main event. Okay, right. And I guess that. the opening match would be against the smooth operator, right? To go full <laughs> circle. With the whole deal. Now we're getting somewhere. I like how we've just completely remade uh, No Hold. What I think we've got to put Charlotte Flair as Samantha. We've got to get Charlotte Flair in this movie, Joseph. I mean, she's on everything else. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. I'm, I'm half expecting it to turn up on NWA Power this evening. I'm, I'm waiting for a turn up at the studio, do an interview with um, with Mark Ayers. I don't know. I, yeah, that that is a whole other topic for another day. But I agree, it's inevitable. We might as well do it. Someone's going to, right? Uh, I think we've got Charlotte Flair is Samantha. I'm, I think that's everybody that we've cast. So all the important players anyway. Who's Stan Hansen? Wow, that is a great question. Um, Stan, by the way, Stan is much better than... Um, Stan is better at Stan Hansen than Hulk Hogan is at Hulk Hogan. Do we <laughs> yes. agree on that much? Yeah, 100%. Okay, good. I mean, I want to go in the same vein. I want to go with, like, I guess the Gaijin stars now are not quite as uh, burly as Stan, are they, anymore? Right? I don't think you could have Jay White filling the role. Of Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Stan um, I don't know. I don't know. Jericho, I, his current look would be tremendous, but he's too big a star, I feel. I, I thought, I mean, it's Battle of the Tough Guys. I think we just redo the Brawl for All, and, and we get JBL, and we get Bart Gunn for this. Okay, JBL in this film would have been <laughs> extra, and also because everything he's ever done is like a nod to Stan Hansen. Yes, he would one hundred percent make it a Stan Hansen thing, wouldn't he? Be like paying homage. That's what I'm doing. I'm paying homage to Stan. Yeah, this we've nailed this. We need to pitch this like officially. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, what is your rating for the great No Holds Barred? Okay, so on enjoyment, on sheer enjoyment, this is a legitimate nine. And I'm not exaggerating. This is about as dumb a film as you can get. 
and I it says a lot about me. I know that that like for me that is just immediate win. I'll accept very dumb films over just <laughs> mediocre ones. However, what did I give Stuber, which was an actual film? Six, a right? Six, yes. Have I given anything a five yet, Jeremy? No. Okay, I think ten is the perfect score, which is what my heart says. But I think, seeing as the film itself is a null, I'm going to split the difference and go with five. Dead in the center there, that is what I'm giving No Holds Barred. All right. I am going on my scale of star ratings here that we don't know how high the ratings go. We don't know how low the star ratings go. Look, I'm not, I'm not rating, I'm based, I'm rating based on just my overall enjoyment. Because that's how I rate wrestling matches. I don't care about the technical aspect of all this stuff. Look, it's a terrible film as far as just acting, production, storyline, everything about this film is terrible. But as far as enjoyment goes, four and a half stars, Joseph. Wow. That is tremendous. That's an NXT takeover main event (laughs) anywhere in the world. I love it. I, I can't argue with it, man. It's it's so dumb. It's so bad. But it definitely captures the so bad it's good thing. And that is hot, like easier said than done because a lot of the time, films are just bad, right? Yes. This one, you're laughing throughout how bad it is. And that's all you can ask for, really, from a Hulk Hogan film. <laughs> Anything else on No Holds Barred? <laughs> I think we've just about... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reviews of this film. It is the lowest hanging fruit for like a podcast like ours or a show, whatever. But I really think we've kind of covered this back to front at this point. Now, I do think there's more meat on the bone when it comes to Randy. As I've said, I'm going to pitch that to you as a separate series. Um, but as a film, Jeremy, I think we have. I think we've done enough now. I think we've covered it pretty much in totality. Next week, it is my pick on what we're going yes. to review. It's tough to top No Holds Barred. It really is. Like, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Like, yes. But I think I have one. I think I have one. We're going to get a film that doesn't star one wrestler. We're going to get a film that doesn't star... These are main stars. I understand Stan Hansen was in No Holds Barred. Zeus, technically a wrestler. Uh, Demolition, Bill Bill 80 was in this yes. film as well. Um so I understand this this film had a couple of wrestlers. The, these th- these wrestlers, they're in main roles of this film. Not one, not two, three. Three top-notch WWE superstars. The Marine Six, Close Quarters, starring The Miz, Shawn Michaels, and Becky Lynch. I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew. Now, look, I asked you a few weeks ago. I said, very sincerely, I said, does Shawn... Will I get enjoyment out of what happens to Sean in this film? Will it be funny to me? If I am getting, if I'm into this film here and I'm watching it, and I will watch it for the folks to watch this show, I'll be very sad if it's just an hour and a half of Sean Michaels doing his comedy. If it is, <laughs> we will have a problem next week. I'm telling you that now, it will be a big problem. But okay, look, we had to do this at some point, and um, sure, man. Sure, I guess that's what we're doing now. I've never seen it. I've, I've never okay. seen it. I don't know how good or bad it is. I assume it's more the latter than the former. Um, but I don't know how it's going to be. But I wanted to uh, pay tribute to, to Becky Lynch since we won't be seeing her for a while. Yeah, and it's also a good spotlight position for Sean, who he's got to get ready for Randy. That's so right. He's going to have to get some hair on his head to play Randy. So this is a good way for us to kind of just figure out where he's at. 
And um, we'll report back on that now. Definitely. This is definitely going to just become a podcast about my relationship with Shawn Michaels, isn't it? That's what's going to be. But, you know, we'll, we'll do it. It'll be fine. That's next week. We'll, we'll, we will review the Marine 6. Uh, Tuesdays on this show, again, we review movies starring wrestlers. You can go back and watch the entire series uh, if you would like. We've reviewed the main event. Um I've already forgotten half the stuff. We Stuber, big show, starring Batista. Big show show. Yeah, Big Show Show. Uh, yep. That was the origin of this whole series, the Big Show Show. <laughs> wow. What a, <laughs> that really is the perfect statement to start what this is, isn't it? Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, Thursdays, we actually talk about wrestling. This Thursday, we amazingly have some stuff to talk about, including Becky Lynch taking pretty much the rest of the year off and probably into next year as she announced her pregnancy on Raw, uh, Money in the Bank, Fallout, all of that stuff. Saturday, this Saturday, the TEW series officially begins. We both have the pencil on Saturday. We're actually like five weeks into this thing. Uh, we've booked three weeks, and then I booked a pay-per-view. So by the time everybody listens to this, we'll have even more booking done. Um, and by the time we get to Saturday, we'll have even more booking done. So we've booked plenty. As Joseph mentioned WWE has already stolen all of our ideas we don't know how I think my wife is a stooge and she's completely stooging all this off um but I can't prove that just yet but we will have that that starts on Saturday so three shows a week from us and you can follow Joseph on Twitter at Joel Holbert 5 Joe anything else no absolutely nothing I've now done my features for the uh, for the month so you'll never hear about me writing again until <laughs> there's another pay of you that I have to kind of pretend I care about. Um, and yes, you're right. This is another pet week for us. The TEW thing is going to be a treasure chest of out of context, out of date <laughs> references, which is, is fitting, right? But this was, I think we did a good job here covering what he's currently described as a masterpiece. And that's all I have to say. I, I, I genuinely like, Every week when it starts, I'm just like, I just want to get to Friday and just play TEW with Joe and just like kill three hours. Like it's literally the highlight of my week, which says a lot about just where I am at, where I'm at, where I'm at in life, I guess. But <laughs> like there ain't much going on, folks. We're all stuck inside. I love the like the opposite end of that scale is like, oh, and then Thursdays I have to get John to talk about resting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I love, but that's just the way it is right now, I guess. But as you said, this week, there's a lot to cover. There is. There is. Um, so we will be back on Thursday with a show about wrestling. Everybody can follow me, Jeremy Lambert, eighty-eight on Twitter. Check out fightful.com, fightful select. Uh, we got interviews with uh, Leo Rush, um, John Moxley just went up today. A new article just went up today. Sean's interviewing a bunch of people. We got exclusive news, including Vince McMahon falling off the the tower at the performance center because rob gronkowski was a coward and didn't want to do it uh and yeah so check out fightful select sign up help me afford look at this beard it needs a it needs a haircut so help me afford a haircut from fightful select and we will talk to everybody on thursday Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.